Hey, welcome, and thanks for joining us again today. Our heart is to bring the life-changing Word of God into your homes, into your hearts, and into any place that you're actually watching from, because we know that when the Word of God comes and the Spirit of God is moving, that's when situations and lives are changed. Last week, we spoke about the importance of the Word of God and the Spirit of God in a believer's life. It's not an optional extra. If you want to experience everything that God wants you to experience, then you need to have a passion and a commitment, not for either or, but for both. But we would be that people that say, Lord, we love your word. Your word carries your intentions into our ignorance, into the things we don't understand. But then, Lord, your spirit gives us the power and the ability to see the things that you desire for us come into creation. We looked last week at the comparison of the opening chapters of Genesis, where we see the Word of God and the Spirit of God creating powerfully in those opening moments of creation. And then we paralleled it to the dance floor or that place in our heart today where the Spirit and the Word want to dance together to create the intentions of God within our daily lives. And I want to carry on today looking at this thought, and I want to speak about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not sure if you've heard about this before, but it's so powerful. Often we speak about the ministry <coughs> of the Holy Spirit, but Paul actually, in one moment, speaks about this statement that we would know the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And as we look at these verses today, I really want to encourage you to have an increasing expectation of experiencing an ongoing walk with the Holy Spirit in your world. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to read this blessing, this final statement that Paul makes in verse 14. And maybe you've heard this statement when you've been in church services. Maybe you've heard this statement at the end of a church message or celebration or gathering. And sometimes we can read it so fast that we don't understand the power within the statement that Paul was making. So I don't want to read this fast today. I want to read this slow so that you can grasp the immensity and the hugeness of what Paul was saying in this statement. So it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Like I said, maybe you've heard that as a blessing at the end of a, a church service or a meeting, but this is actually more than a blessing that we end a sermon or a meeting with. It should be a continued experience in the life of everyone who's a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I call this um, a trinity of blessing and godly experience. So Paul speaks about three things in this statement. All of them are powerful things that could have a message or messages just about what they are on their own. But I want you to see this trinity of available experience for us as believers. Number one, Paul says, 
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Greek word for that word grace is charis, and it means that that um, undeserved, unearned favor, that goodness and that kindness that comes from God that's not dependent on our performance or our part. What's Paul saying? He's announcing that we can experience today because of the success of the work of Christ on the cross, the grace of God and the mercy of God. And Paul is saying that we would know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in our daily lives today. But then Paul just goes to another layer and says the love of God. Again, the Greek word for this word love is that word agape. And that word agape isn't human love or fickle love or momentary love or love that needs something to happen before it can exist. This word agape is the word that we use for God's love, that love that's unconditional, never ending, never failing. This love that reveals to us that God isn't out to punish us or harm us, but to bring us into the fullness of everything that he intended in his hearts for us when he first made humanity and mankind. So love is that word agape. And what Paul is saying here is, number one, may you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor in your life and in your family and in what you're facing today. But also, may you know a constant of God's love, that love that's so big you can't get over it, so wide you can't get round it, so deep you can't get under it, that's not dependent on our part, that love which is God himself. Remember, when God introduces himself in different passages in the Bible, he says, God is love. And in those statements, he's saying, hi, I'm God, I'm love. But that's not shallow love, like we may have experienced or given others that was based on how we felt or how things were going or what the other person did. This is a love that's constant love, unfailing, perfect love. But then Paul hadn't finished. There's a trinity of blessing and available experience. And the third part, the part that makes it a trinity of experience, that represents three parts of who God is, is this word fellowship. All of a sudden, Paul says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father God, but also the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all always. So when we understand fellowship, we need to unpack that word. That word is the Greek word koinonia, and it means communion, <clears throat> it means partnership, it means participation, it means that you're in communion, you're in community with someone, you're working in partnership along someone, and you're experiencing the participation of someone in your daily life and the things you're facing. Isn't that awesome? But this is what God desires that we would know. This is what he's given us to know, his grace, his love, but also the ongoing fellowship, koinonia, with his spirit. Now for us to fully grasp these things in a way that they can impact our lives, we may need to revisit what we think fellowship is. 
Because often in churches around our country, around the world, when they say at the end of a meeting, stay around for fellowship, what that normally means to us in England, in our culture, in the English culture, is why don't you hang around for a cup of tea? Cup of tea, cup of coffee, biscuit, give us 20 minutes, then you can leave and get on with your life. See, there's our problem of understanding fellowship in relationship to the fellowship that God is inviting us to know. Because when God speaks of fellowship, the fellowship of his spirit, he's not talking of a 20-minute experience. He's not talking of a coffee and a tea and a biscuit with us at the end of a service or first thing in the morning. No, the true meaning of the word fellowship, when you study the word as it's used by Paul, it means the sharing of life. It means shared life. So what Paul is saying in this trinity of blessing and available experience is may you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, unmerited, undeserved favor. May you live in the love of God, but also may you experience shared life and the sharing of life with God's spirit. A two-way sharing because it's community and communion. It's where he shares your life as you commit it daily to him, make him Lord and King over everything that you are, but also you get to share and partake in his life, his joy, his peace, his faith, his life in your daily world also. Isn't that amazing that God's not asking us for fellowship that would last a moment? but a continued walking with him, an experience of him. Because we understand, like we shared last week, that God's spirit is no longer external to man, but also now internal to man. That God's spirit is everywhere. We have the omnipresence of God. We have the made known presence of God. Those moments in meetings where suddenly you sense him in such a real way. But we must always be careful to teach the personal indwelling presence of God also. That a believer now has Christ inside of them. That the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the risen Jesus Christ, has now come to live in the temple of the heart of man. Remember what Paul said to the Corinthian church when he turned up in Corinth and he saw them still living lives that weren't lives that were true or represented the God life. Paul never spoke to them or told them off for what they were doing. Rather, he said to them, do you not know? Have you not worked it out yet? Are you not yet conscious that your life has been bought with a price and your life is no longer your own? Your life is now the temple and the dwelling place of God's spirit who lives in you. I love this because when we speak about having fellowship with the Holy Spirit, it's not inviting us to meet him in a cathedral or a temple or a church building, but rather we can experience him in a daily communion, partnership, fellowship within the boundaries of our own existence, our own life. Okay. Within this fellowship, having fellowship with the Holy Spirit, there are so many benefits. Time wouldn't us allow to even get through the first four or five. But let's just concentrate on a couple of the benefits of being in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. 
Number one, the Holy Spirit is the one who constantly draws us to God, constantly draws us to the Father. Again, this isn't something that happens after a person believes alone. It's what happened before a person believed. You see, no one comes to the Father unless they're drawn by the Spirit of God. When we were lost in sin, when we were dead to God in our sins, it was the Holy Spirit that came from the love and the heart of God into our world that drew us to himself. But now as believers, his spirit in us continues to daily draw us deeper into God's presence. Also, one of the benefits of walking in fellowship, shared life or the sharing of life with the Holy Spirit, is he empowers us and gives us ability. Not just in being a witness or a soul winner like we read about in Acts, where it says he will uh, give us power to be witnesses, but also the Holy Spirit living in us and walking with us in fellowship, in shared life, gives us the ability to change the things we need to change, to do the things that we don't think we can do. But the third part really excites me because it brings us back to the thought of a relationship between the Spirit of God and the Word of God working in our hearts. You see, it's the Holy Spirit who gives us a correct and a powerful relationship with God's Word. Now, here's the truth. God doesn't want his word to be a book in your library. God doesn't want his word to be gathering dust in the midst of other books, classics that you may have. God wants his word to be alive in your life. God wants the thoughts, the power and the truth of his word to be leaving the book of the Bible and coming into the very center of who you are. Okay, this is where the Holy Spirit does some of his finest work, because it's the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus says when he comes, he will lead you, he will guide you, he will teach you. It's the Holy Spirit that brings the truth and the power of a living life of God's word from the book or the package made of paper into the innermost parts of who we are. We could call that revelation, revealed knowing. Suddenly, it's no longer words or sentences in a book, but suddenly they're living, life-shaping, changing truths, not just in our mind, but in the very heart of who we are. And that's where powerful change begins to take place. So I've got a little example that I heard somebody give on this once, and I think it's wonderful for underlining the point that we're making here. It was a gentleman called Watchman Nee. And when he was talking on the ministry of the Spirit to release the content of the word into a person's life, he paralleled it to a box of chocolates. That you may have a box of chocolates, but what you've got is something made of cardboard or paper that is a container that has chocolates contained in it. But if you're in possession of the box, what you're, what you're enjoying is the paper or the cardboard of what it is. But actually what you need is the content, in this case, the chocolates. 
So what the writer, Watchman Nee, said was that the purpose of the Holy Spirit is he, he takes that which is paper, but what he does is he then releases the content into the heart and the life of who we are. That's why we should never believe in just the word or just the spirit, because it's the two working together that releases the power of God into our daily worlds. So let me parallel that again, that a Bible is made of paper. It's a book. It's a very natural thing, but it contains truth that can transform a life. But if we don't get that truth from the book into our life, our life remains unchanged. But the Holy Spirit comes and he takes the paper book that we have called our Bible. But what he does, he's, he releases the content into the innermost being of who we are so that our lives can be transformed and become Christ-like, like God intended for them to be. Now, there's some other verses that back this up really well. Remember, Jesus validated the awesome reality of the place of the Spirit and his ministry in our lives. In one place, we read John chapter 14 and verse 26. It's so very clear. He says, but when the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, when he comes, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance or knowing all the things that I have said to you. So when we're walking daily with the Holy Spirit, number one, we have this incredible um, ability to walk with him in, in community and in communion. We can know him empowering our lives, but also we're to daily know him, taking the things that Jesus taught from the paper book of the Bible and bringing them by revelation, I call that an oh yeah moment, into the center of who we are so that we have an understanding that's not of this world, but comes because the Holy Spirit is teaching us and guiding us and leading us into all of God's truth. You know, the Apostle Paul also revealed the reality of this in his letter to the Ephesian church. And I want you to listen to these words really careful because it speaks of the ministry or the fellowship of the Holy Spirit in accordance to the things that we've been speaking of today. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17, but I'm going to read from the amplified version that just colors it in a little bit longer. Then I'm going to read verse 18 because when I read verse 17, I stopped there. But when I kept on reading, I thought, this is too good. Let's carry on. It says, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of knowing. And then it says in brackets, that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the things that you're learning. You see, the Holy Spirit brings the truth of God's words from words that everyone can read or acknowledge with natural understanding into being truths within us 
that are so deep and life-shaping, our lives are never the same again. And then it says, he brings us into the true knowledge of him, for we know the Father through the Son. But then you read on through verse 18, and it just keeps getting better. And he says, I pray, this is Paul, that the eyes of your heart, the understanding of your heart, the very center and core of your being may be enlightened or brought into the light of God's truth, flooded with the light of the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee and confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. That's God's people. Don't you love that? What was Paul saying? He said, I pray for you today that you would know the ministry or the fellowship of the Holy Spirit who takes God's word from being words written on paper to coming in to the center place of who you are, challenging, transforming, bringing truth, life and hope to who you are and the situations you may be facing. Again, using the analogy of a box of chocolates, he takes it from being something we experience as physical to being something we now experience the content being released within us. My prayer for you today is simply that same prayer, that you would know the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Remember that beautiful Trinity experience that Paul announces that we can know, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Do you know, when we live in a world that's so unstable, like it is today, it's these things that we need beyond anything else. We belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. But yet, if we live like we're still in the kingdom that we came from, we're going to have very shaken lives. But that's not God's will for you. God's will for you is that you have a continued relationship and fellowship with his word and with his own spirit now alive in you. But we need to make sure in our hearts we break a church attending mentality with this. Because sadly, for a lot of people, their Christianity is about what they do for a couple of hours on Sunday. They go to a building, they spend time with the church for people of God, they hear the preacher preach. But a lot of the time, sadly, then they revert to another way of living Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, where they kind of come to God every now and then when they need something. I want to encourage you. God has made a way for us to experience something a lot richer than that. He's made a way through the death, the burial, the resurrection of his son, that we can experience a fellowship, a sharing of life that doesn't take place for a couple of hours on Sunday, but is actually a part of every day of our week, every moment of our month, where at any given time we can turn our attention and say, Lord, thank you. You are with me. Holy Spirit, you are with me. Empower me today. Show me what I'm not seeing. Give me wisdom and understanding concerning the things that I'm facing. 
And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you today that you would, as the Lord Jesus said you would, teach me to understand the power of God's word in my daily life. Take these things from being merely words, parables and sentences to being truths that reshape me, make me, form me, create me to be everything you desired for me to be when you made me in the womb. I hope these words have encouraged you today. Again, be a word person. Be someone that loves the word of God. Be a spirit person. Be someone who's walking with the Holy Spirit in your daily life, but also allowing the Holy Spirit to bring you in to a supernatural understanding of what God has packaged in the Bible that is now available to us. So I'm going to close today simply by speaking those words that Paul spoke over you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that amazing grace of unmerited, undeserved favor. May the love of God, that unconditional, powerful love, and may the fellowship, the ongoing communion, the knowing of God working in partnership with you, be with you and a part of you today and every day. In Jesus' name. God bless. Come and join us again next week as we gather together around the word with a heart to let it reshape us, challenge us, encourage us and cause us to be everything that God has called us to be. God bless you.